You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. So I'm very excited because this week we have a special guest. His name is Andrew Locke, and he is the owner and designer of Andrew Locke Custom Menswear. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. So what inspired you to start your business and brand? Um, it goes a long way back. To, it doesn't feel like so long ago, but I was in law school, actually, in like 2007, 2008, 2009. And while I was in law school, I just started getting into clothing. I started looking at what I should wear to interviews, how I should dress for different things, um, different shoes. I started to Google different shoes that I had found. And, and somehow I just started to fall down this rabbit hole. I started going on this website called Style Forum and got a little bit, since so started to spend a little bit too much time there. And I started to, that led into reading books about menswear and fashion. And it just continued to, at some point I started to realize that I can buy clothing cheaper in stores than it was selling for online. And I would go into Century 21 and just buy five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 worth of clothing. And then I would take that, I took that and I started to become friends with managers of different stores all over and started to sell clothes. You know, it was during the financial crisis. There was just a lot of inventory and I would start, I learned all about the clothing and I was able to tell like which factory made different suits based on the tags and where different shoes came from. And I started, I really got an understanding of the product. Eventually, the, that, that type of inventory from the crisis times right up and I had customers saying, hey, Andrew, I need a pair of size nine, this or a, size, a suit in a size 38. And I transitioned that into saying, hey, I know what's good. I know what makes a good suit. It's not just style, but I know how a pair of shoes are, is made and how a suit should be constructed. And I turned that into my business. I decided I went to England and I designed a line of shoes and I started a line of custom suits and I, I'm still doing that to this day. Wow, that's amazing. And have you faced challenges in starting your business? Um, definitely. At the beginning, it was like all small businesses that start out, I was selling to people that I knew, but they didn't know me as Andrew Locke suit guy, you know, and I was definitely new at it also. Um, and it was once I realized that once I started selling to people who I didn't know and branching out of my own network, it became much easier because people were introduced to me as Andrew Locke, the guy who makes the suits, not, oh, this is Andrew that I've known my whole life and now he's selling suits. So uh-huh. once, once it started to branch out, that made it much easier. Um, today, a big challenge for me is that there's a lot of people selling custom suits. And unfortunately, a lot of people come in having had bad experiences in the past. So it, it's kind of like, let's start from scratch. Let's forget about your bad experiences or let's learn from your bad experiences and you know, I, I try to listen to my customers and I'll give them things to try on and explain to them what they're getting and try to help ease them into it because, you know, they've, oh, I got three custom suits and they all say, you know, and I had problems or I had to give it back or this or that. And it, unfortunately, it's a repeating theme when I get new customers that they've had a bad experience. So either in the, in the U.S., in China, wherever, whether they bought their suits, they've had a, a, a challenge before. So kind of easing people's fears and helping them understand that they're getting something different is definitely a consistent challenge for me. 
Yeah, I mean, you're it's it's a very I'm sure it's a hard uh you know, to change their mindset. And my husband actually orders suits. I mean, but he, he gets suits from iTailer. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not expensive. Um, and so it's interesting because somehow he gets lucky and, you know, they come, the fit is great. How good the quality is, I'm not so sure, you know, how long it lasts. Cause you know, that's, obviously, you know, relative to the price and, you know, all of that. But of course, a absolutely. lot of people, a lot of people that he knows, like, that have ordered from them, they've had a difficult time. I think it just, sometimes it has to do with measurements. It's just, it, it really, you know, a lot goes into it. I think that um, a lot of the, I don't want to get too far off track, but I think a lot of the issue is that people think they want very tight suits. And so even though they're given instructions how to measure themselves, they'll go tighter than the tolerances and end up, you know, receiving a suit and saying, hey, I wanted a slim fit suit, but not a kid suit. And, it, you know, if you don't have somebody measuring you who can kind of understand, un- understand, talk to you and kind of look at samples of what you like and has an understanding of the product, it makes it much harder to get a product that you want when you're ordering online. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, also, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, um, keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so when, when someone's like a more basic fit, they can measure themselves. But when I'm and, you know, they might not see the difference in the shoulder from like height of the right shoulder to the left shoulder or the pitch of the direction of the shoulders or the curve of the back and things like that. So for, for a lot of people, even if the suit doesn't take that into account or the tailor literally isn't possible for them to take that into account on a custom suit because they just don't have the tools at their disposal to do that type of fine tuning, the suit can still come out okay because they still fit into the regular fit and they're getting the suit that fits them in the chest, fits them in the waist, you know, but it's it's the little details that some people need and some people, you know, some people just, they appreciate it once they have it. Like, like I just described it, it, it you know, makes a difference when, with it, when the product is a little bit more detailed. Yes, definitely. And what would you say influences your style choices? Um, <clears throat> it's a really good question. <laughs> I have a pretty, I have a pretty classic style. So I definitely start out my wardrobe, my best suits are my solid charcoal or dark gray and my solid navy. Some people completely ignore them these days. I absolutely, I think that they're the staples and I like to accessorize with some interesting socks, maybe some a, a cool tie or a pocket square. Um, I, I'm influenced by what's up to date, but I also like to keep it, like to keep it classic. So I definitely will default to what some people would consider a little bit more boring or subtle. But then do it with a modern cut and a modern fit, and try to keep it on point as, you know, as, as well. But I don't like to look repetitive. So if I wear a suit that has an orange pinstripe or something, even though I love those type of suits, I don't. I try to keep them on the fringe of my wardrobe, not as the center of my wardrobe. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you could say the same thing. I mean, I could say the same thing about uh, women's fashion. It's like you know, you want to have like certain key basics and like build upon them. Mm-hmm. And always have fun with like a pop of color or like you said, an accessory. Um, but if you want to have something that's timeless, uh, then definitely timeless with a, with a twist, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, bit. when I have like, exactly when I wear, when I'm wearing a solid charcoal suit, first of all, I can wear it to work. And then if I have an event in the evening, I can still be wearing it, but also it gives me the opportunity to do what most Jewish people are scared of and wear pattern shirts with a suit or put on some kind of, you know, some kind of nice tie that works well. And when I I have plaid suits, which I love, but at the same time, I find that I'll always wear the same shirt or I'll have two different ties that I'll wear with the plaid suit. And it kind of gets a little bit repetitive. So while I love my window panes and my plaids 
I, I find that I get the most use and the most creative use out of my, out of my solids. So why is having a custom suit so important? <coughs> That's a, also a really good question, and it's one that I'm faced with very, very often, so I'm very prepared to answer it. Um, the answer, I want there to be one easy answer, but there's different answers for different people. So for some people, it's, they say, I can fit into a size 42 regular I walk into Saks and I buy the Zenia Size 42 regular, but they're like, Andrew, you're open at midnight on a Saturday when I'm able to come in or, at, you know, three o'clock, uh, one o'clock on a Friday when I get home from work. So that, there's some people who take it out of convenience for sure, but also it's about getting what you, getting what you want. So if some people say, I, you know, you could walk into Saks and see gray suits, but it doesn't have the right lining or it doesn't have the right pockets. When it comes to custom, you can really get what you want and you don't have to worry about you know the sleeves are too long but the buttons are already cut or and then you can't shorten the sleeves or there's shotness throughout the entire jacket so it, it's really about taking with at least when i see my customers i take the time i give them their hour hour and a half or however long they want to really dial in what they need help them build their wardrobe it's more than just a it, it's more than it's more than just come in pick something out and have a nice day come pick it up in a couple of weeks it's helping them build their wardrobe, helping them figure out how to match it with different shirts, when to wear it, figure out, hey, if they're sitting on a subway or if their office is very hot, I won't sell them a, a suit that they'll be hot in. And, you know, and, or if they say, hey, my suits always get creased, or if I have this kind of discomfort in certain ways. Like I can really work with them in ways that they might not have thought of and they might not know about possibly if they're, you know, if they're just walking in and picking out a suit. Even if they have a good salesman, there's a limit to how much they can customize or un understand what they're getting. And can you take us through the design process when someone comes in looking for a custom suit? Sure. The design process is custom also. So, it, um, you know, it, it can, I try, I try to hit all the checkpoints kind of to make sure that every customer, I don't miss out on anything and every customer gets the full experience. But I have some clients who I'll go into their house in Lawrence and I'll be in there for, I'll be ready. I know what they're looking for. I know they like, let's say, a solid. And they'll say, Andrew, show me three gray suits that I like. And I'll say, okay, I'll take this one and this one. And that's it. You know, three, five minutes done. When a new customer comes in is the important thing, to learn what they like. So this customer that wants to be in and out in five minutes, I didn't know that's the first time I met him, but it's something I learned about him. And mm -hmm. when a new customer comes in, I kind of talk to them. First of all, I want to I talk to them and say, hey, where have you, you know, where do you buy your suits? How do you like them? So I kind of get an idea for even just when talking to them, I'll have an idea of what, what to show them just from the first conversation. And also I'll get an idea of what kind of fit they like also from the first conversation. I want to assume that they, they might have a suit that they like, but I want to help them build up a solid suit wardrobe. So I, unless they really have one that they like, I like to start with, with basics, with navies and grays. Um, first, we'll talk about the fabric, uh, maybe a little bit about price, but I don't try to put it at the forefront. It's more about let them choose what they like. Um, go through me measurements, design. Sometimes they'll bring, do measurements, and then they'll do the design of the suit. So sometimes they'll also bring a suit that they like. So I'll get to see either they'll say, I'm very particular about the length of my suit. This is the jacket length that I like. So I can copy that. And I also like to see because everything is so, I'm sorry if this is a little bit off track, but the fit of a suit is so subjective that there's so many fits that are right that I'll have one customer who likes it tighter and one customer who likes it looser. And I have to know what they're like before, before I make it for them. So that's definitely part of the initial consultation and design process is learning what they think the right fit is and then working it within that, within that framework. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about, it's all about the customer and what they want to get out of it. You know, what they're, what they're looking to use 
use the suit for and how they. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because um, recently uh, we got a present for someone in our family and we bought them a suit. And it wasn't really my idea, <laughs> uh, but it was somebody else's idea to do this. Um, and they, I'm just hoping that this person ends up liking the suit. Um, That's really nice. A custom suit? It's, it's, it's not a custom suit. And uh, we're just, you know, it's like you can, if, 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 if one guy says he likes a more like a skinny style or a more like fitted look, Sure. You can't you can't project that onto somebody else and say, well, because if that person just will never see themselves wearing that, then they'll never end up wearing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's such a good point. And I'll tell you, it took me, even though I could have been saying it at the beginning, you know, seven years ago or however long, I didn't, I'm, I'm working every day to really embody that and to use it. Because when a customer tells you something, listen and take it to heart. Don't say... I, I can't think to myself, oh, he likes the wrong fit. Let me help teach him the right fit. You know, I, I can a little bit, but if you give him something you're not comfortable with, my goal is that when my customer reaches into his closet, he should want to take the suit that I made for him. And he shouldn't have to think twice about it. Oh, I don't like the way that it fits. Or I'm not used to, I don't like pleats. And Andrew told me to get pleats or anything like that. So it really is making what the customer wants. Don't try to push my ideas on them. Like I, I personally don't believe in black suits. Black suits are for tuxedos and for funerals. I don't own a black suit. I didn't get married in a black suit. I just, I don't think they have a use. But I know that I run a business. I sell to religious Jews and they wear black suits. And it's not up to me. If I, I can't make them feel bad about it. I can very subtly, when people come in and say, I'm looking for a wedding suit in black, I say, did you consider midnight blue? And uh, I, very often they'll take it, but I can't push it. Nobody wants to be pushed. Nobody wants to, I can educate, but I can't push. And that's something very key in, that, I, that I've learned and that I, I take to heart. And if a man could own one suit, what fabric or style would you recommend? Also, definitely a good question because I take it for granted that people have a 10, 15 suit. But um, I, I would say definitely a solid navy. And if you don't like navy, a charcoal. But navy, navy, na a navy suit can you can walk into a shul, you can walk into an interview, you can walk into a wedding. Never, you'll never be out of place in a solid navy suit, especially if it's not too dark, like not in a super dark midnight that can be mistaken for black that I can suit to buy for your wedding. Like just a classic navy suit, you can never be out of place. I think that that would be my, my recommendation, would definitely be my recommendation. Also, it shouldn't be too light or too heavy because if it's too heavy, you'll be hot in it in the summer. And if it's too light, it won't be durable and it'll look creased if you're wearing it, if you're wearing it too often. And what about your favorite suit trends? I would rather talk about my least favorite suit trends. I'd rather... <laughs> okay, we could go with that. Um, I really don't follow trends so much. Um, it's, I mean, the biggest trend that hasn't gone away yet is pants that are tighter than tights, which I'm, I make for my customers, and I'm happy to make what they want. But I, I just, it's not for me. You know, I like a very slim, I like a very slim fit. I don't like it when you stand up and you have to pull the pants down because they're too tight to go back around your calf, you know, where you can't see a crease on the pants because it's just, it's wrapped so tight. I, I think that that's something that in a few years we'll look back and say, man, those pants are really tight. Um, I also, I also think jackets have gotten a little bit too short. It loses elegance and it loses the flow. Mm. Um, when a little bit short, it's okay. You know, I'm okay now. With the, I used to make it to cover the whole seat. Now I'm okay a little, you know, a little bit shorter. I don't like it when you look at somebody and you see their, and, their pants almost to the waistband, you know, because the jacket is too short to cover it. 
Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, it, I, a suit needs to look elegant. Even if it's a fun, more modern suit, it needs to have some class. And by making the suit in a classy way, it can last a few years in your wardrobe. You can wear it until it wears out, not until you feel like, oh, man, I can't believe I was wearing that last year. Or, man, what, what, what did I choose for my wedding? You have to look at these pictures your whole life, and it should be classy. It should be something that's timeless. It shouldn't be skinny is good, slim is good. Yeah. Taking it to an extreme gets dated very quickly. Yeah, and I think that that's something that I've kind of seen across the board in terms of like you know women women's brands, women's designers. They everyone is everyone in the industry you know basically is saying you know kind of that there's a common thread that um, you know keeping it it's you like you know trends are nice and everything, but if you want something that you could look back on or that you could keep wearing, you know, for a real long time, then, you know, sticking to the classics is important. Exactly. And for, for shoes, too. Yeah. So speaking of shoes, what made you um, go into uh, start selling shoes? Good. I'm happy you're asking because shoes are my first love. <laughs> um, suits are the main part of my business, but I love shoes. And it's very hard to find well-made shoes. Nobody, unfortunately, people don't care about how the shoes are made, what they're made out of. It's fashion first or price first or or label first. Um, I buy shoes that, I love English shoes. I love American-made shoes. I have some Italian-made shoes. I like shoes that are classically made. They need to be leather inside and out. I like a shoe that's made with what's called a Goodyear Wealth Construction, meaning that it's sewn together properly. It's kind of water-resistant. Uh, you can wear it and then resole it at a cobbler when it's done. About 95% of cobblers don't even have the machines to do it anymore, but thankfully there's a guy in Cedarhurst who does a great job for me. And I have my, my shoes look, you know, the shoes that I personally wear, some of them are 10, 11 years old and they look like new because you, I just, and they're comfortable. Your health, you know, some of your your health, your back, your legs, a lot of that has to do with your shoes. And I just like, I like good shoes. And, you know, people buy shoes that are disposable these days, even if they're spending a lot of money on them. Um, they're cemented, they're glued together, they could have a stitch that goes from out of the shoe to inside the shoe, and so they just absorb water, they could have synthetic linings. I, I think that I have no problem spending, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars on a good pair on a good pair of shoes that'll last me. Wow, and what were you saying about the um taking it to a shoe cobbler? Um I, you know, I take care of my shoes and I, I help my, guide my customers to take care of their shoes as well. So there are certain things that will destroy shoes, and I try to I t- teach them how to do it, how to take care of them, how to help them last. Um, and the, when the shoe, when a well-made shoe wears out, you can take it to the cobbler, and he'll it, the sole is sewn on instead of glued on, and he can remove the sole and sew on a new one, and then the shoe is good to go like new until and we live in New York. So until the salt destroys them, eventually you, know, you mm-hmm. can keep going indefinitely. It's something that I never really thought about, you know, in terms of like even just for your, you know, your, like you were saying, the, the, the comfort of the shoe and like, you know, how it's made and how it affects maybe the wearer and how, you know, their body and in terms of the stitching and it being, you know, uh, letting the water in or whatever it is. It's just like there's, uh, there's a lot more components that mm-hmm. go into it, which. Especially makes, menstruous. So that's really, really, uh, that's, you know, that's interesting. And that, you know, that means that you're onto something, obviously. <laughs> so, and in terms of just getting back a little bit to the, sure. the, the, the suit. Okay, so I have two questions. One is in terms of your lining, because I see <laughs> that in a lot of your suits, you have fun with the lining. I saw, oh, yes. dog, Definitely. I saw a dog print on there. 
Um, I love that dog brand. <laughs> so how do you go about it uh, using these uh, different prints for the lining? That is also a good question. Um, I have lining vendors that have linings, and I, you know, and I provide them to my customers. Um, my goal when I'm talking to my customers and they're picking a lining, some people are solid lining guys. They know they're getting a gray suit. They want a gray or navy lining just in solid and maybe a simple woven paisley. Uh, and I definitely respect that because they keep their suits in their closets for a long time. And it's nice to just have something that you won't get bored of. But I also love the classy linings. I love skulls. I love the dogs are really cool. There's just a fine line between kitschy, I guess, and classic. So I won't put... I don't say I won't. I don't like putting emojis into suits. I don't like doing certain details mm. that that take the suit take the, some of the classiness away from from the suit. Um, you know, I've done it for Bermuda kids. It's I'm not against it, but it's not for me. Um, I like. I've also actually recently started doing custom linings, so that's been really popular. Um, I've done everything from guys who wanted like Grateful Dead inspired linings that came out really cool. We've done a lot of pictures, you know, family pictures, things that people like. Um, just that's definitely been really popular. Um, people like to, you know, it's custom and that takes custom all the way. It gives, it gives the ultimate customization is doing what you, you know, exactly how you want the lining to be creating your own. That's so, that's so cool. That's, that's actually, that's really interesting. And what's your favorite? Um, is, is the dog one your favorite? The dog one is definitely my favorite of the of the new ones. You know, it's it's sometimes it's hard to know or to say which one will be classy, classy and fun and which one will be a little bit too silly. But the dog just I think the dogs are a good conversation starter. You know, I, I have a customer who's in sales and I think the dogs are going to help them sell more products because it's just something to talk about. It's something that's cool. Um, yeah. Something, something fun and unique, and everybody loves dogs. So, uh, my next question has to do with double-breasted suits. Is that is that in? Is it not in? Can everybody wear them? How do how do those work? Okay, good question. Also, I like double-breasted suits, but I don't make too many of them because most of my customers, the first thing they tell me is, I gain weight, I lose weight, I'm up, I'm down. Double-breasted suits are always need to be closed. If it's not closed, you should. If you can't close it, or if you're not going to close it. Just stick to single-breasted. You know, if, and you have to be able to remember to consistently close it and be comfortable consistently closing it, and be comfortable enough in the fact that your weight doesn't fluctuate, that you won't, it won't sit in your closet because you gain five pounds and it doesn't close comfortably. Even though a well-fitting suit, you should be able to gain or lose ten pounds, and it should still fit you reasonably well. Um, with a double-breasted, it has to close properly. Um, I've made double-breasted suits for shorter guys and taller guys. You know, even though some people say you have to be tall and thin to wear it, I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but I'll work with the pattern where, let's say, a shorter guy won't make him, a, you know, I suggest not making a plaid double-breasted, which would really shorten him. So you kind of have to know the rules to break the rules. So I know that certain body types shouldn't wear plaid or certain body types shouldn't wear double-breasted. Certain body types maybe shouldn't wear cuffs. Certain body types shouldn't have a ticket pocket because adding horizontal lines, you know, can shorten you. So it's it's kind of playing with that and using different tools to help people get what they want. So if I have a guy who maybe shouldn't is a little bit heavy set and maybe he's you know double breasted might not be the best choice for him, I can work with using the right stripes or the right patterns to kind of make him bring the butt, bring the eye upward, maybe help thin him out um, using using the using the cut of the suit so that I can make him a double breasted suit. Um, also, and, needs to be a little bit shorter. Oh yeah. Um, it, I, I think double-breasted suits, especially nowadays, if it's if it's long, it has too much of a vintage, um, like mm. like an '80s look. That 
I, I think that if it's a little bit, if I'm, even if I'm making a uh, double-breasted suit for an existing customer who's made a lot of single-breasted suits, I'll shorten the pattern a little bit before making it double-breasted. Very interesting. And in terms of a favorite uh, shirt or or suit that you've designed? Huh. I have, it's not a suit that I designed, although if given more time to think about it, I probably, there's definitely some that I've just wanted to keep. Like I've done, especially because I see so many, so I don't get too inspired when another black suit comes in, but I've done some really cool suits in like greens and burgundies and, and some interesting textures. Those are the ones that, that get me excited when they come in, but I have a new fabric that actually I'm really excited about, um, that the wool stretches a little bit and it's super resilient and super soft and I haven't seen anything like it before. So it's called Escorial. Mm. Um, Brioni uses it or used it for a very long time. And that, that's something that I'm just, I haven't, I, I've been doing this for a while and I haven't seen anything like it before. And I, I'm just really enjoying it, you know, for the last two months or so. And I do think it's important for both men and women to feel confident. So how do you see the connection between what you wear and how you feel? Well, um, I think it's a very easy connection. You know, if you feel if you like if you feel comfortable with what you're wearing and you feel like you took the time to dress up and put an outfit together, you walk out the door, you know, with your head held high, head high, ready to face the day. If you're concerned that um, and my sweatpants have a stain or I didn't take the time to make, you know, you look you look down and you didn't take the time to match your tie right, or you're too lazy to put on a tie and you're wearing a jacket. Um, it could definitely hit. It, 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 I don't wouldn't say necessarily that certain small things are negative, but they didn't give the positive towards your confidence that they that they definitely can. And do you ever feel like that you come you come across that with with clients that come in? Like, do you see? You know, can you tell when someone is more confident or less confident? Um, I have a client who told me recently that he only goes to closings wearing the suits I made him which definitely felt really nice. Um, so that, that was, but I think that that definitely ties into the confidence where if you feel like you look like a million, you know, if you feel like a million bucks and it helps you, helps you accomplish things. And, you know, you don't, it doesn't make a difference if you've made it yet in life. You know, if you could walk into a meeting or walk into a lunch and look like it, you know, that's, that's the start of the battle. It helps you, you know, it helps you get your foot in the door. You know, they say dress for the job you want. So you know, dressing well and feeling confident in yourself is, is a huge part of success. Yeah, and I think, you know, nowadays, even more so, it's, um, and for men, especially, like, you know, men are taking a lot more time putting into their appearance and, like, self-care, which, which, is, which is a great thing because, you know, everybody should feel good. Everybody should, you know, feel like their best and be able to express themselves. So um, it's nice that uh, you have you provide people the chance to do that in a unique way. So it's really cool. Thank you. So in terms of the, I know in the women's fashion world, world there's the there's a very like fast paced energy. Things are constantly changing. You know, you have to like you know have like I don't even know six four to six um collections and things and you know things like that is it is it like that in the men's fashion world um it's more like that in the men's streetwear streetwear fashion streetwear or you know more up-to-date fashion with suits it, it changes and it updates but it tends to be a little bit more slow-paced like the shoes that the classic English made shoes that I was selling in 2012 are still just as fashionable today. And they probably were fashionable 30 years ago and they'll still look good in 30 years from now. So the cut and the design definitely has changed and it's evolved even over, you know, even from year to year. But people don't have to start from scratch. 
you know, it's different than wearing something with a logo on it where the logo is out of fashion. It, um, it's, it, it makes it much easier to invest in good pieces and not have to worry about getting rid of them very quickly. I wish I wish women's fashion was more like that, but I think that in general things are leaning towards it. So hopefully. <laughs> oh, definitely. Until, until they don't, but right now they definitely are. Yes. So very often men's fashion influences women's fashion, and I I love a menswear inspired piece. I actually have a a dress that's like a it looks like it's it's gray with a pinstripe and it's like a blazer Ooh, nice. dress. I love menswear inspired shoes also for women. Oh yeah, like like an Oxford type or um so do you feel that women's fashion can influence men's fashion? That is another question I haven't it's not something that you get asked every day, so I like it. Um I, I think that women's fashion has influenced men's fashion to a to a to a degree, even if it's not so obvious because just the emphasis on the silhouette and the slimming of the silhouettes has definitely changed in the last couple of years, and it's and it, it's been influenced by women's wear subtly, but it hasn't, but not in a not in a not in a tremendous way that I that I've seen. But so there's I definitely been it's definitely been a I'm sorry, there's definitely been a movement towards guys caring more about their suits, even if no matter where you go, guys are wearing better fitted suits than they did in, than they did in the past. Um, you're not seeing you know baggy. Ill-fitting, you know, sleeves down to the down to the knuckles kind of kind of suits anymore, which is it's really nice. People people are starting to learn and people are starting to care. Even even people who are not in the business who aren't wearing suits every day, um, there's definitely the trend is towards better cut suits rather than worse cut suits. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're very happy. All the wives of the world re are rejoicing right now. Um, oh, definitely. I have plenty of wives that shop here. The husbands, you know, they like the suits, but they have no time, and the wife will come in and pick two or three suits and put it in the closet. Or text the husband and say, I picked out two suits for you. These are the fabrics. Wow. And, you know, and it, it's true, though. Like, why shouldn't men have, be able to have fun with their clothes, though, also? You know, meaning we're, you know, women, women, you know, get to play with color. They get to play with, you know, brocades and textures and all of that. So, you know, men should also be able to experiment with Definitely. that. And so what are your goals for the future of your business? Expand and keep my current customers happy. I want to be able to grow the business to have additional locations and additional salespeople. But what keeps customers coming now is the personal attention detail and the personal service where they'll come in and I'll generally know what they bought last time. I'll kind of have my finger on what they're looking for, you know, involve, you know, I get to know a lot of them on a personal level. So my goal is to, the business should always be growing, but at the same time to kind of get my finger on what gives it that personal touch and make sure that stays a major part of the business, not to as it grows, just to become impersonal. Even if I can't always be the one measuring everybody for suits anymore, every every single person who's a part of the business needs to understand and just completely be on board with customer. You know, just be there for the customers, understand the customers, and most importantly of all, take the time to listen to what they're telling you. If you're not listening to what a customer is saying the customer tells you and they want to talk to you and they want to explain what they're looking for. And if you're just trying to tell them what they want or you're putting words in their mouths, you're, you're, you're going to lose. Wow. So basically you're just really committed to your customers, your clients, and um, I'm excited for the future for you. Thank you so, Thank much, you so much for joining us. Thank and, you for having uh, me on. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Fashion Detour. 
I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week. Everyone can see